1: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production, now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you're looking to add some excitement, make BetDSI.com your betting partner. Use BetDSI's live betting platform where you can watch all the events and even bet all the games until the final whistle. New members get 100% bonus match using promo code DP101. That's double your money to start winning today. Why choose BetDSI? BetDSI has been paying winners for 20 years and is top rated on betting review sites. Use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week. BetDSI has a user-friendly interface and mobile site and has the fastest payouts in the Industry simply play, win, and get paid. BetDSI offers betting options for everything: bet on NFL, NBA, NHL, boxing, and all other major sports, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. Try live betting at BetDSI, where you can bet on games from start to finish, every play and every minute until the end. New members get 100% bonus match using promo code DP101. That's double your money to start winning today. Once again, go to BetDSI and use promo code DP101 and get this limited time on a 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash. It's only a game until you bet it. Bet DSI. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is the Dan Patrick
2: Show. Well, we did it. Welcome to the program, a new and improved program. Eh, maybe not. We uh, strive for mediocrity. Anything above that is a blessing. Uh, welcome to the program this Monday. Dan and the Dan and Dan Patrick Show. If you'd like to uh, listen to the program, you can continue to do that on the great radio affiliates around the country, numbering 362. You can also get in touch on Twitter at DP show, email DP at dot And we start today on YouTube, YouTube.com slash the Dan Patrick show all three hours. It's free YouTube.com slash the Dan Patrick show. We want to apologize to your bosses. If you're trying to sneak a peek while you're at work. In fact, Mario said, why don't you write up a slip, like a permission slip, that allows people to watch the show. And we posted it on Twitter. If that can help you or you want me to call your boss, I'd be more than happy to do that. You know, all of our, you know, millions of listeners and viewers, I'd be happy to call all of them. Just say, hey, you know what? Let Tommy watch the show for a little bit just to cheer him up.
1: Yes, Paul. And, you know, the show on YouTube is on demand. You could tune in at any time. So if you want to work from, like, 9 to 10 and then watch the show, you could do that. So you could actually do a little work before watching it.
2: All right. Well, there's a lot of ways to get in touch, and uh, you can also dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. We have our best and worst of the weekend, as we always do every Monday, what you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Uh, Peter King from NBC Sports will join us. Also, he wrote the book, literally, on ESPN, uh, James Miller. He also wrote the uh, Saturday Night Live book. We wanted to get his thoughts on Tony Romo getting paid $17 million a year. We'll talk to James Miller. He'll join us coming up next hour. Peter King in about 20 minutes from now. LeBron James for MVP storyline picked up a little speed. I thought I was sitting alone on the bus for that for a while, but after LeBron led the Lakers past the Pelicans last night, New Orleans head coach Alvin Gentry said it's a no-brainer. LeBron is MVP. Here is the Pelicans head coach. I'm just amazed (laughs) that they talk about anybody other than him for MVP. You know, that's that's what he does. Every team that he's been to, every team that he's gone, have a chance to win the championship. So, you know, to me, I'm not sure what the definition of MVP is, but he makes everybody on his team better, and it makes it difficult for everybody. Most people think the Greek freak is the favorite now, and I certainly understand that, but uh, the debate implies something negative about one of the players, and that's always the danger when you get into this topic. Where I, you know, people in Milwaukee think I'm disparaging the Greek freak. I'm not. He, I said he might be the best player in the game. I think LeBron is the most valuable player in the game. And you're going to say, well, what's the difference there? There are a lot of guys who are talented, and I know they're going to win 70 games, but understand this part of the equation. When you vote on this, the people in the media voting are looking for a story. You know, Harden could have won the MVP prior to him winning the MVP. Uh, Russell Westbrook could have won it a second time. But they had written that story. And then the Greek freak came along. They've written that that story. Now you can go, LeBron hadn't won the MVP since 2012, 2013. What a great story. Hey, at his age, he's leading the league in assists hey, he's doing it without Anthony Davis on some nights here. It's the story that goes along with it. Now, you have to have the stats that go along with that, but the story is LeBron James. And I think it's fun to see all of these younger players, and there's so much excitement in the league. You know, if the Lakers and Pelicans could play three times a week, there would be no ratings issues. But, you know, the Bucks are chasing history. The Lakers trying to hold on to the number one seed in the West, and it's a brutal Western conference right now. I'm not saying the Lakers win 70 in the East, but I think it might be a little easier sledding there. LeBron James, with what I've seen, I've said it from the outset, it's a better story. He has the numbers to back it up. And at his age, he has three full seasons on his body. So he's, what, 35? He's 38. He's got 239 postseason games. What he's done, what he's doing is unprecedented. I I like the analogy. Somebody said, well, he's become the modern-day John Stockton in Carl Malone's body. And you think about it. He's passing, but then I do think that he has load management. Now, he plays most games, unlike Kawhi. His load management is the following. Uh, I think I'm going to ratchet this up tonight. You know, national TV, Zion, let me me put up some uh, decent numbers here. And it feels like, getting up for those games or, you know, doing even more for those games. And then no Anthony Davis, so he had to do that. But last night, it was fun to see Zion Williamson again. He's the first teenager in NBA history to score at least 35 points while shooting 75% or better from the floor. And he had 35 last night. He was 12 to 16. And he doesn't have a signature move yet, which is amazing. Because if you look at – some of these uh, rookies who came in, Michael Jordan averaged 28 a game when he came in. David Robinson averaged 24. Boulder Davis, 24. Bernard King, 24. Zion Williamson is averaging 24 points per game. So he would uh, be up there amongst the all-time rookies as far as their scoring averages in a rookie season. Uh, you know, Jordan at the time was a highlight film. People didn't know that Michael was that great. Uh, he hit the big shot to win a national title. But, you know, you just heard about Jordan's athleticism. You didn't know that he was going to be able to be this good doing this many things. Because, the you know, the, the big joke was, you know, the one guy who could hold Jordan down was Dean Smith because of the way he played or that style at North Carolina. David Robinson, seven-footer. Walter Davis was as smooth as anybody, hence the nickname Greyhound. And Bernard King had a signature move as well. But watching Zion... It's just power, just raw power. And if you let him get the ball at the foul line, he's either going left or right, and he's taking it to you. But there was an interesting moment after the game. JaVale McGee asked for Zion's jersey. JaVale McGee is a veteran. He's been around a long time. But I'm watching that, and I'm going, wow, okay. And I don't get into this, oh, you know, Larry Bird never would have done that, or Magic Johnson. Hey, I get it. Soccer created all of this. Like, soccer has been doing this for a long time. And then all of a sudden, basketball players, football players, I'm okay with it. It's not the end of the world. People are like, oh, JaVale McGee, you can't let him know that you you're, you got a weakness there. Like, yeah, the weakness was playing against Zion Williamson. If I'm JaVale McGee, maybe I can be nice to Zion. But the 80s are over. The 90s are over. This is just different. It feels like there's a collaborative effort in the NBA. But LeBron James, with what he did last night, that was fun to see. Fun to see again. And to watch Zion do it, you know, there's no, it's no fluke. You know, he doesn't have a jump shot. You know, he just has raw power here. And you saw that on display again last night. Uh, I also like the uh, James Harden, uh, the Greek freak back and forth. Boy, that, that happened on Friday. That got to be really delicious there. Uh, Saucy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, boy.
0: When I saw this, I'm like, man,
2: I figured you were driving in your car just chopping this one up. Oh, I'm thinking, you know, here's James Harden. Now, you know, the sensitivity goes back to, and and I do think this about James Harden. I think James Harden probably sits around with his boys and goes, you know, these, these people just don't get me, man. You know what I'm doing? I mean, I'm averaging 37, 38. Like, they don't get me. And I understand that maybe we don't get you. I'm fascinated by you, but I wouldn't want to play on your team. Now, that being said, I still think the Rockets are extremely dangerous because of Russell Westbrook. Westbrook has been unbelievable. He has been underrated with what he was going to – because it got to the point where I think the, the Thunder said, we've gotten the best out of this guy. He's 30, you know. And the Rockets thought – You know, Daryl Morey was going to bring him in. And we go, why would you bring in a guy who can't shoot threes? Well, he doesn't have to. He was told not to shoot threes by somebody other than me. So he attacks the hoop. And you're seeing an unbelievable performance by him. But James Harden, it still feels like James Harden's going to be, he'll go through his career and he'll probably be like, nobody really got me, man. You know, look at all I did and, and nobody really got me. James Harden might be the basketball version of Arrested Development. Like, we look at it and go, God, I I missed that. Like, why didn't more people appreciate that? But James Harden, he's responding to criticism. Now, the Greek freak said he didn't want to take James Harden on his team, the all-star team, because he wanted to have somebody who was going to pass him the ball. I love that. Well, Rachel Nichols talked to James Harden, and this is how a portion of that interview went on Friday.
0: You do have people talking about some of the stereotypes that have blown up around you. Charles Barkley, when they had the All Star Draft, was saying, "Oh, no one wants to take James Harden. He's a dribbler." Yanis Tukupo makes a joke on the air about, uh, "I want to take someone who can pass. I'm taking Kemba Walker instead of James Harden."
3: I was more assistant I think.
0: You ranked 10th in assists going into the All Star break, and Kemba ranked 36th in assists going into the All Star break.
3: So I don't see. I don't, I don't see what the joke is. But I don't even. I, I didn't even see it. And you know, I don't. I don't pay attention to stuff like that. Uh, I just know none of them can mess with me. <laughs>
0: well, Darryl Morey, your general manager, had a great line to kind of address all of that. He said, being different doesn't really get appreciated until it works.
3: Yeah, or well, when I'm done. Uh, you know, when it's, when it's all said and done, um, you know, they'll appreciate it more. You know, but I wish I could just run, run, and with seven feet and run and just dunk. Like, that takes no skill at all. <laughs> I got to actually learn how to play basketball how to have skill.
2: I take yeah. that any day. Wow, that is rich. That's when he takes his shot at the Greek Freak. I'm guessing the Greek Freak can do just a little more than just run up. There are a lot of seven-footers. There aren't any seven-footers who are like the Greek Freak. Yes, McLeod. Was
1: that a little petty of Rachel to go, Kemba ranks 36? The way she said it was like kind of stoking the fire a little bit.
2: Yeah, probably. I mean, she got a good soundbite out of it. But I think with the Greek Freak, uh, you know, that Harden. that's Harden's way of kind of zinging him back, that, hey, all he does is run up and down the floor and uh, dunks. I don't know of many other seven-footers who do what, who's who's doing or did what the Greek freak has done. By the way, Greek freak, didn't he go 40-20? Yeah,
1: response game. <laughs> uh, I'm
2: sorry, um, I can do a little bit more. I'm 40-20. Here is uh, the Greek freak, uh, courtesy of ESPN.
0: He hasn't been the back and forth like I'm I'm not that type of guy I' never tried to take stabs on some, somebody um, maybe sometimes I uh, might come out like that but I'm definitely not I'm just trying to do my job which is win games and go back home to my family and my kids like uh, but at the end of the day you know if that's what he believes that's what he believes I can say anything about it I just gotta keep me focused and um, keep me you know, staying you know staying to focus my goal.
2: What's the Greek freak doing? you got to keep it going. What are you doing? Hey, I just go home to be with my kid? That's not trash talking. Come on. Come on. You were doing great up to a certain point. I'm just trying to win games
0: and then go home to my family.
2: Yeah, that's not trash talking. Uh, I'm eating
0: eating a balanced diet and getting a good night's sleep.
2: Yes. Eat that. Yeah. But Harden, hey, he's always been fascinating to me. You know, there's a portion of uh, Harden that, you know, it's like Jameis Winston. I'm fascinated by Jameis Winston. I'm fascinated by James Harden. Now, James Harden is an elite player. Jameis Winston is just fascinating, good and bad. But James Harden, I truly, and you heard it in that answer to Rachel Nichols, when I'm all done, then maybe people will truly appreciate me. It's just, he has some games that you just go, that's horrible. Not bad, horrible. And then he has other games where you go, it's absolutely fascinating. But I would not want to play on the same team with him. But I do love watching him play. And there was a moment in the Celtics game with the Rockets where Russell Westbrook Jr. the third was like, he's he's out on the wing. And he's like, dude, throw me the ball. And then Harden was like, uh, and then he just shot it, shot an air ball. And I'm going, come on. Moving around just a little bit. I mean, just a little bit.
1: Yes, McLovin. I thought that was on Westbrook. Because Westbrook was just standing at the 40, as Westbrook tends to do.
2: Well, how about you throw it to well, these guys stand around and watch Harden. You can't sit there and go, Why aren't you guys moving? He, well, that's what Harden
1: was saying. Why you gotta move so your guy doesn't double me when I go left.
2: James Harden doesn't pass. So if I'm guarding what Russell Westbrook, then I'm gonna be sloughing off you. I want Russell Westbrook to take a jumper there. But he wouldn't even throw it to him to maybe throw it back to Harden. Or maybe Harden would make a move. How about that? Yeah,
1: McClough. By the way, they're two games back of the Clippers and Nuggets for the two-seed and trending up. Fast. Yeah, I guess so they could be number two right behind the Lakers.
2: I, I just don't know if they can be consistent in a seven-game series. That's it. We can be – and people can say – the Rockets can say, oh, you guys overlooked us during the regular season. Uh, guilty as charged. I'm fascinated by it. I do think it can work. Um, I don't think it can win a championship. But I do think that they could pull off a surprise or two in the playoffs. But I don't know if they can be consistent enough. Because it comes down to, you got Harden, and you're not sure what you're getting every night. I mean, you may get 38, but it may be an ugly 38. Or you get Westbrook, who might put up 30. Or he doesn't. And then who else fills in? Because now you got to score 120 points to win games. Remember when it used to be in the 90s? Maybe 100, although Milwaukee had, what, 90 points last night in their win. You're, you you got to score. And do you have enough scores? That's the big difference here. Poll question, McLovin, what do you have for me? Do you
1: want to put up this lebron Giannis MVP, see where the people stand? How about a co-MVP, Keith Hernandez and Willie Stargill? Uh,
2: no, I don't like the co-MVP.
1: But why do you have to choose one of them? They're both kind of MVPs.
2: Well, that's what we do.
1: So uh, let's
2: get the uh, audience. Like, do you want a participatory MVP? I thought
1: the co-MVP, what was it, 1979 with Keith Hernandez and Willie Stargell, was kind of cool. I remember they were on the cover of Sports no, Illustrated. No, no,
2: no. But uh, all
1: right, let's get the audience's take who, who they vote for. All right? Right.
2: all right. We have big
1: audiences in Milwaukee and L.A. Look, so. I
2: might be you know in the minority with LeBron. I think I said that on Friday. But I, I just I'm looking at the story, what he's doing, the mileage he's playing. There's no load management here. You know, and the pressure now that he's put on himself, because you're the one that disassembled this team and the pressure we put on him. Hey, you wanted all these kids traded. You wanted Anthony Davis here. you know. Now let's see what you can do. He's performed up to the expectation level and probably more so. Yeah, the club.
1: Do you think he should load manage though at the end? Yes. And which could hurt his MVP chances.
2: Well, we might have that with the Greek Freak as well if they're going through. But I think getting to 70 wins is really important to the Bucks. I think the Bucks feel like if they get to 70, then their guy is winning the MVP. And if you want to give it to Greek Freak, give it to him. I don't want people in Wisconsin to think that I don't think the Greek Freak is great. When we, we were talking the other day, and I met him in with Reggie Miller, and I said, you know, if we had a draft, I'd probably take the Greek Freak. I mean, at worst, he's in the top three players in the world. So it's not disparaging. I'm just talking about the value of him. I think Milwaukee, without the Greek freak, is still a playoff team in the East. Okay? LeBron, not on the Lakers. They're not a playoff team in the West. But it always comes down to, oh, you're criticizing our guy. And I don't want to do that. I just want to point it out that I think LeBron and the story – Is the MVP story this year. Let's see what plays out here the rest of the year. Do they get the number one seed in the West? There's a whole lot of value to the number one seed in the West.
1: Yeah, Paul. Bucks versus the Lakers Friday night.
2: It'll be settled on the floor. Bucks Lakers. (laughs) Yeah. Winner takes all. Put the trophy right in the middle. Mm. This program brought to you by True Car. Go to True Car to build your car and compare models by options from discovery to pricing to reviews. You get everything you need with the new True Car. We are uh, interested in what you think of the show on YouTube. It's a little bit different. Uh, We have a lot more cameras in here, but uh, give us your feedback on it because this is your your show and uh, your channel, the Dan Patrick Show on YouTube.com. It's not YouTube TV. I don't want people to get... You know, confused with that. We're not, you're not paying for anything. Completely free. And uh, go to YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show and give me your thoughts on this. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Peter King will join us uh, after being at the Combine the entire week and get his thoughts on a couple things. I don't know what Julian Edelman and Tom Brady were talking about, but I don't think Tom was too happy when Julian Edelman said that uh, Tom's coming back. There's some new information on the Patriots. I'll have that for you as well. Also, my scout who was uh, at the combine had some things to say about some of the players there, uh, including Jordan Love and also the rumor that the Dolphins may lose out on to the Redskins. So Peter King will join us coming up. Your phone calls, best and worst of the weekend, 20 after the hour.
3: it's Geico Easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com.
2: What's happening, everybody? This is the official Lakers podcast. I'm your host, Mike Trudell. Super pumped to be here, flanked by Aaron Lars You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let's get it. I think the Lakers will be a top 10 defense. And okay, you're now, calling your shot again. A little turn away. In case a team that has two stars or two superstars, in this case, of LeBron and AD, can sometimes cancel each other out. But I think they're both good candidates for MVP. I really like the way that this team just feels to be around. Mm-hmm. The uh, It's a it's a very clear message.
0: It's two stars, in LeBron and AD, and it's everybody else that's on board.
2: The relationship that is developing between those two, off the court and on the court, their cohesiveness on the court. I think, in this case, this is a special case that the two of them will enhance each other as a taking away from each other
0: be sure to rate subscribe and leave a review
2: available on apple podcasts and podcast shout out to canada we're big in canada huge they're watching on youtube give us your feedback though it's something a little bit different but uh really excited about it and uh if you have some time, you can tweet us. You can also dial us up. Best and worst of the weekend. We'll get to your phone calls coming up. Uh, Pritchie's playing a little bit hurt today, but we're glad to have you here for the, uh, the debut. It's good to be here. But you sicked out and then unsicked out.
3: Yeah, something happened on Sunday evening where my stomach just started hurting a lot. And I'm taking an antibiotic for what was wrong with me last week. And that's uh, not agreeing with me. Okay. And um, so uh, don't so, need details. No, no gory details. Yeah, so it's detail. just like significant abdominal cramps. I'm no, no, not no. i not my jolly
2: I, self. No, no. It's, I just I know you're you're playing hurt. I just wanted to <laughs> let people know you I don't you don't sound it. as crisp and you know jovial as you normally do.
3: Yeah. Anytime any time that area of my body is under attack, I get a little extra worried because of my,
2: my no, no 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 details. Okay. Nope. 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 Just so I'm not going to do anything vulgar. Glad I to like have it. you here. Oh no, it's not vulgar. It's just it's like, Sometimes too much information, but we're glad you're here and you're playing Hurt. Yeah, Paul. I was a little worried because Todd usually wears the same pair of jeans, either
1: dark gray or blue. And he went sweatpants today, which according to my records, he hasn't worn sweatpants in six years. And I was pretty worried about him because sweatpants
2: means he's sick.
3: Yeah, I definitely want to go extra comfortable knowing I was just
2: beaten up today. We're glad to have you. It's a point to me to be here with you guys, especially
3: for the uh, first show into the new regime.
2: Yeah, I don't know if McLovin is thrilled to have you. Uh, No, I don't
1: think he's contagious anymore. Once he gets into the internal stuff, I'm cool. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll talk to Peter King. He'll join us. He spent some time at the uh, Combine, of course, uh, the great column, Football Morning in America. He'll join us. Uh, Are we going to go with NBA MVP? Yeah, and you're saying I can't
1: put co-MVPs. It's not enough. No, no. So it's Giannis versus LeBron. No, it's the easy way out.
2: Easy way out. There's not a third.
1: Like, Harden doesn't get in that conversation, does he? No. No.
2: I think it's a – I don't know. A lot of people say the race is already over, but I don't, I don't believe so. I, I think what these two are doing – you know, Giannis had an unbelievable game, 40-20. LeBron had another great game. Uh, do they get to the 70 wins in Milwaukee? But what if they get the record for wins?
1: I don't know. But what if they chase the Bulls and the Warriors down?
2: Well, if you get to 70, you're chasing the Bulls yeah. and the Warriors.
1: That seems to favor Giannis, you know, the best player on the best team. What
2: if LeBron ends up facing the Bucks after they put up 73 wins, like he did against Golden State when they put up 73 wins, and he wins another title?
1: History repeats itself. Yeah,
2: I right. Peter King, NBCSports.com, and the great column starting your Monday morning. Football morning in America. Spent some time at the Combine. Feels like it's Groundhog Day, Peter. People go kicking and screaming, yours included, with the Combine, and we don't really get much out of this. And then after it, we're talking about those who are rising and falling and who made money and, you know, so all the drama that was there. Number one story, number one headline coming out of the Combine is what for you?
4: Unfortunately, because I don't know that there's anything altogether new, but, you know, I'm having breakfast with somebody very prominent in the league on Thursday, and I said, give me your stories this week. And he goes, Tom Brady is the domino that's paralyzing the entire NFL. You know, and until people know what happens there, look at how many people are being held hostage, you know, from from sort of from Derek Carr to – to Bill Belichick, to I don't know. I mean, just there's 30 really big people in the NFL who their lives are going to be affected an awful lot by whatever Tom Brady chooses to do and whatever teams choose to go after him. Now, there are some teams that are out there who are, quote, in the Tom Brady hunt, end quote, mm. that I'm, I'm not sure that they are. But and there's some teams that I think it really doesn't make a lot of sense for, but who knows? This is a very unusual situation. The reason I poo-poo it only a little bit, Dan, is that you know, the rest of the league is going on and and uh you know there's an awful lot happening. This is this is the combine really has become like a political convention because everybody and I mean everybody goes for four or five days. And so you're going to run into Jerry Jones. You're going, to run, you're going to run into Howie Roseman. You're going to run into Bruce Eric, You're going to run into everybody in the league at some point over like a four-day period. If you're lucky, you get to schmooze a little bit and move on. The difference, I think, this year, Dan, is this the labor agreement, although the public, and rightfully so, is not all that concerned about it because no matter what happens, there is going to be football this year. But the labor agreement is on everybody's mind. That is, you know, to the to the common person in the NFL, so much more important than where Tom Brady lands. And I had, I had the Giants player rep, uh, Nate Solder, tell me over the weekend that he asked 15 players on his team in the last few days, he's talked to 15 players, and he said, w- what would your vote be? Do you want to stay at 16 games or – go to seventeen with improved salary and benefits. And he goes, it was fifteen to nothing in favor of playing seventeen games. So there's a tremendous disparity of opinion. It is exactly I said to somebody, this is precisely like the America that Donald Trump sees and the America that Bernie Sanders sees. It is diametrically opposed and somebody's going to be really pissed off when this when this vote happens. And maybe a thousand people will be really Picked off, But this is going to be a very interesting story over the next week or so.
2: What's more likely to happen? Brady leaves the Patriots or the Redskins take Tua at number two?
4: The Redskins aren't taking Tua. Uh, you know, I just can't. I can't see it in a million years. Now, is it in their best interest to convince everybody that they might take Tua? Yes. Because then Miami might be forced uh, or, or, you know, I mean, imagine this scenario, Dan. Imagine Miami trades a one and a two to go up to number two to get uh, you know to get uh, to make sure they get Tua, and then imagine uh, the, uh, the, the the imagine uh, Washington then trading back up with the Lions so they can get Chase Young at three. There's all kinds of things that'll happen, but I'll be shocked if uh, if the if Washington takes Tua.
2: Talking to Peter King, his column is Football Morning in America. Uh, You know, keeping an eye on some of these other quarterbacks, and as you said, you know, Brady is the domino there. The next quarterback after Brady is who in the dominoes?
4: Well, I think it would be a tie. I don't think there's anybody who is overwhelming. But, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is very interesting um, to a bunch of teams because he's proven that – in a good system, he definitely can win. He's a great leader-type guy. Um, and so, I mean, whether that's Tampa, um, uh, you know, which I think is probably the favorite for Teddy Bridgewater. And then after that, I guess you'd have to say Cam, although I had a good conversation with Matt Rule, uh at the Combine, and he said flat out, I'm really looking forward to working with uh, with Cam Newton. Uh, and he's watched a bunch of tape on him. And I think, if I had to guess right now, my guess would be that Carolina would uh, likely, likely keep Cam, but that would not eliminate them from taking, say, a Justin Herbert or Jordan Love, uh, maybe even trading down a bit to do that in the first round. And then, I mean, there's, there's any one of a number of guys. I, I mean, I think the big question about Philip Rivers right now is, does he really want to play regardless of what the money is? Or is he going to be out there seeking sort of franchise quarterback money for a couple of years? And is there a team, like, I kind of don't think Indianapolis would do that. I've thought for a while Indianapolis is the favorite for, for Phillip Rivers. But then again, how, if he wants $27 million a year, I doubt Indianapolis would pay that. So those are some of the issues right now that are kind of floating out there.
2: Was there a a guy who really uh, uh, helped his draft stock at the Combine?
4: I don't know how much more that uh, Isaiah Simmons could do because most people already thought he was a top-ten pick. But just in in terms of impressive people and players at the Combine, uh, I would say that Isaiah Simmons was number one because I mean, I had had a a coach who said Isaiah Simmons right now could walk into his training camp, he thinks, and play safety, any linebacker spot, or even slot corner. And so that would be the most amazingly diverse, you know, it would be like the modern-day version of Troy Brown in New England. You know, he can play so many places. And then I think the other guy was – was Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin. Uh, Although Jalen Hurts, by the way, had a great night on Thursday. Um, I now think he's an absolutely solid third-round pick. A lot of people love Jalen Hurts as a leader, and they really want him on their team. But I think they were concerned about how he throws the deep ball because he really has not had to throw a lot of deep balls, really. And he threw the deep ball, Again, against air, okay, so against no rushers, but, and he's got a good arm. So, I don't know, he helped himself, too. But that running back from Wisconsin, wow. This guy had 926 carries in college, but now you've got all these people in the NFL who think, well, we may not have a running back get to a second contract anyway, so let's just ride this guy. He's tremendous. He's, he's Saquon-esque. So, anyway, we'll see.
2: Yeah, that's my philosophy. If I take a running back in the first round, I'm using him up those five years, and then that's it. Like, I, I, you know, even with the Cowboys, I I wouldn't have re-signed Ezekiel Elliott. You know, I I would have found yeah. somebody else with that offensive line. Um, you know, the Titans with what they have with Derrick Henry, you know, do you re-sign yeah. him? Do you think he stays with Tennessee? Uh,
4: well, Dan, that is a great question. The 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 guess it, and, and look. One of the reasons why. Tennessee has a huge vested interest in which way this contract goes. For people who don't know this, right now an NFL team could could tag, you know, a couple of free agents here in the last year of the uh, of this current CBA. But if there's a new CBA, you can only use one tag per year. So if this passes, they've got Jack Conklin, Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill, and they can only tag one. So – I think, I mean, this is a tough call. If you're in on Tom Brady, in my opinion, you've got to tag Derrick Henry. I would if I were them. And I would really try hard to sign Conklin. But as crazy as it sounds, Derrick Henry is, would be vitally important if you're going hard after Brady.
2: Well, if I'm Brady, and by the way, he was FaceTiming Mike Vrabel from the Syracuse game. Is that tampering, Peter?
4: I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. They might have been talking about
2: uh, <laughs> no the son at Boston College. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think they're breaking down Buddy Beheim's game. You know. <laughs> yeah. I uh. By the way, the uh, Tony Romo deal that uh, seemed wow. to, seemed to steal the weekend. What was the buzz uh, off of that?
4: Just that. Um, you know. I, I think. When you look at what Romo did, what what CBS did is they wounded ESPN. ESPN is not used to losing things that they want to win. ESPN, everybody in the business says desperately wanted Romo. Um, and right now, the way you look at it is, you know, ESPN, because these packages, Dan, could change. Just think about it. In 2021, there's going, if this passes, there's going to be 18 more football games. Could 10 of them be put in a package for uh, streaming, maybe with Google or Amazon or somebody with a bottomless pit of money to throw at the NFL, you know, a billion and a half bucks for 10 OK games? You know, that's so you don't really know. And you hear all these things about ESPN wanting to improve the Monday night package or invade Sunday. So I think what CBS did is they said we are still a, what I would call a bejeweled property in the TV field, and we're not going to have our biggest talent poached.
2: Oh, boy. I, I still go back to if Tony Romo didn't get hurt, like what? What would he be doing today? What would the Cowboys have at quarterback if if that didn't happen?
4: Well, I doubt they would have been so intent uh, that year that they went, you know, Dan, remember, 2016, number one choice far and away for the Dallas Cowboys, Axton Lynch. Desperately disappointed when they didn't get him. First pick of day three, the Cowboys thought that they had a trade uh, with the Cleveland Browns worked out where they were going to, to to trade up to get this first pick in round four, and they were taking Connor Cook. Well, they got trumped literally at the last minute, uh, and Oakland traded up for that pick, and Oakland picked Connor Cook. And then so as very, in a very disappointed way, even though they had good reports on Dak Prescott, they took Dak Prescott. My gut feeling, just a gut feeling, was if Romo was healthy, they wouldn't have been so intent on getting a quarterback. Would they have picked Prescott? Who knows? Maybe, but I doubt it. And 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 who knows? Romo, you know what? People don't know enough about Tony Romo. I'll never forget being within a training camp one day, and he took out his phone and he had all these videos of how every quarterback in the league threw. And he was breaking down everybody. And it was a fun conversation, even if you're not a passing scientist, even if you're not Tom House. It was so fun to listen to him. And I remember thinking that day, because I always thought Romo would be great on TV. I didn't know how great. But I remember thinking that day, this guy breaking down the sport of football in a way that people can understand is going to be great. And, you know, you hate to say this, but as good as he was at his peak, in football, you know, he's better in the booth.
2: Peter, great. Great to read the column as always. Thank you for your time. All the best, Dan. Take care. Peter King, NBCSports.com, Football Morning in America. I remember when Romo did his audition, because I'd only heard Romo after games, you know, after Cowboy games where he would just sort of give you a standard line. You know, it's frustrating, he'd normally say, after they lost. And somebody who was there and and watched his audition – They said he was unbelievable. And I was like, really? And then the person who I've known for a long time said, yeah, unbelievable. And I thought, all right, I'm waiting for this. And uh, lo and behold, you got that. We'll talk a little bit more about this because I think people are viewing this differently. I think they're viewing it incorrectly, in my opinion, of how I view Tony Romo's contract. Have that for you coming up. Phone calls are welcome, best and worst of the weekend. And our play of the day is up next here on the Dan Patrick Show.
0: Oh my God. The, the, the play
2: of the day.
0: Put it left, like, I got it. Play it, play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Alamir's on, down by one. With three seconds, Dawg.
2: takes down number six, Florida. Clemson's now defeated three top seven teams in one season. First time since 1979. Beat Duke and Louisville earlier this season. By the way, a little uh, smooth with Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas, a South Carolina native. I met him at LaGuardia Airport coming back from the Super Bowl. When was this? When I came back from the Super Bowl. Which year? This year. Oh. And he was at baggage claim. And... I saw him, and I didn't want to go bother him. And then he came up to me, and he goes, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I was on a Howard Stern roundtable with you. And I go, I remember. I said, how are you, Rob? And he goes, good. You know, everything's going great. Uh, Matchbox 20 is 2020 or whatever it is. They're going back out on tour. And I said, oh, great. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. But uh, we were on a super fan roundtable with uh, Natalie Maines was Ooh, on that. Love Natalie Maines. Yeah, but she, I don't think she thought that I was a true fan of Howard Stern. Did she think you were kind of a poser? Poser, yeah. But, you know, I just wasn't going to show off. I'm older than her. I've been listening to Stern since 86, so I didn't want to play that card with her, but it felt like I had to. Jeff Probst was there from Survivor. Um, And Matt Berry, the uh, fantasy guy from ESPN, was there. Uh, It was fun. But, uh, yeah, we did the uh, roundtable. Play of the Day brought to you by Tacovas. Gentlemen, listen up. Tecova's boots, handmade, full-grain leathers, world-class bootmakers. Tacovas cuts out the middleman, sells directly to you at amazing prices. Shipping returns, exchanges, free and easy, just like us. Visit Tecova's, dot com. Thanks, D.P. Tacovas, Western Goods for New Frontiers. Oh, uh, the fan uh, mail is coming in hot and heavy. This is from Dave in Denmark. Uh, great to see the show on YouTube. I wasn't able to see it over here in Denmark. The show starts at 3 p.m. I started listening to your show in 2008 when I lived in Portland. I uh, moved to Denmark in 2012. I listened to the show mostly on the podcast. Love you guys. Keep up the mediocre work. Thank you. We appreciate that, Dave. Very kind words from you from Denmark. Uh, Let me see. This is from uh, Shanks. This might be Eric Shanks, uh, who is the head of Fox Sports. I'm not sure. It just says, uh, keep up the good work, Shanks. Uh, great to finally be able to watch you guys in England. Podcast listener for uh, five or six years uh, got a poll question after Fritzy's last bout of sick leave, worst excuse to miss work. A director at my wife's work had a few days off because her rabbit died. Yeah. Uh, a few days? That's what Shanks says. A few days off. All right, I mentioned Tony Romo's deal, $17 million, and the way I view it as the following. I know that we like to lump in everybody would play sports for free. You get to broadcast a game. All right. I view what Jim Nance and Tony Romo do just like I do CSI Los Angeles or whatever those shows are on CBS. Friends. You know, it's it's a it's, it's a big number that's watching them. Now, I do have the counter-argument that I I don't tune into a game just to hear a broadcaster, but if they are broadcasting a game, then they can, you know, enhance the quality of that. Tony Romo getting paid $17 million? Great. You know, CBS viewed it as this is an investment. This is our top show. This makes us a lot of money. We spend a billion dollars. The rights are up soon. You want to say to the league, we kept our team intact. Make sure you give us quality games. I don't know what it does for Peyton Manning's uh, negotiating stance, but we'll find out next hour with uh, Jim Miller, who wrote the book on ESPN and is uh, well-connected in this uh, area. But Peyton Manning take that job now. Now that he knows it's $17 million, he might go, that's 17 for Romo, it's 20 for me. And if you're ESPN, you're going to take another dip into the pool with Peyton Manning. Got to get somebody here. if If you're now going after Romo, are you going after somebody else? And that's why I thought if Drew Brees retired, Drew Brees probably would have been the guy they got if they didn't get Romo. All right. Best and worst of the weekend. We'll give you hours coming up next hour. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify.
0: And it's free.